prior to my homily, just I want to express my gratitude on your hospitality towards Father Raymond last weekend. For those of you who are here, I had the opportunity to meet with Father Raymond this past week and to listen to his testimony. And for those of you who have been following what is happening in Africa and the persecution of the Catholics that are there, it is beyond all imagining. I think what a powerful opportunity for us to hear his witness and his testimony. And I know that he arrived a little late last week due to travel, and, uh, but just thank you so much for your hospitality towards him. As you entered into church today, uh, everyone was handed a small little piece of paper. And I truly do believe that a life that is unexamined is a life not well lived. Our world is so consuming, our world happens so fast, and our schedules are so jam-packed that often like God does really great things in our life. Inspirations of the Holy Spirit, little tiny things happen, but we get so busy that we, they, 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 it's almost like they just, we forget about them, right? We move on from one thing to the next. This is what the news media does as well, right? We go from one topic and then you never hear about it again. But we shouldn't live that way. And oftentimes those nuggets of grace and those nuggets of mercy and of the Holy Spirit that he gives to us, we need to savor them and go back to them and reflect upon them. So I always invite people at the beginning of a liturgical season and the end of a liturgical season to really do some pondering, some reflection, some commitments. So you remember 90 days ago, as, as long as that, 90 days ago is Ash Wednesday. 40 days of Lent, 50 days of Easter. 40 days ago you wrote down on pieces of paper your commitments. What am I doing for Lent and what grace do I desire to be brought forth? So that's what those little pieces of paper are for, but also to write down when in these 90 days did you draw closest to the Lord? Was it during the Triduum? Was it during a talk or a conference or adoration or a devotion or a small group? Like, where did you experience the Lord in these last 90 days? It's important for us to reflect upon that for self-reflection, but it's also powerful for us to share that. Like, what a great discussion to have with your children, right? A great discussion to have with your spouse. A great discussion to have with your next-door neighbor or the person to your left or your right that you don't know their name. After Mass, you can just say, hey, how did you experience the Lord these last 90 days? Like, wouldn't that be a great conversation as we're eating donuts? I mean, I think that'd be an awesome conversation if you're eating donuts. Actually, I just want to eat donuts, but... So you can put those in the, in the collection when the baskets come by, and then uh, we'll put them by the feet of our Blessed Mother because she makes everything good. And if you want to take it home this weekend, the Easter season doesn't end until next weekend. So if you want to, you can take it home and reflect upon a little bit more, or if you want, I don't know, if you want to write a book, you can put that in the collection next weekend as well. We'll, we'll make it over. It'll make it way, its way by Our Lady. Okay? So now for my homily. Happy Ascension. Thank you. As we celebrate Ascension Sunday this weekend, I will tell you that after the happenings in our country this past week, it might be hard for some of us to be happy. But I want to particularly apply the Ascension Sunday to what has happened in our country this past week. I also want to clearly say that any time that anyone dies, it is a tragedy. 
but there is something all the more tragic when it is children. At the mystery of the ascension is a very peculiar mystery. We're rejoicing this Sunday that Jesus went away. We're rejoicing that Jesus left us. That's what we're rejoicing in today. That sounds kind of odd, doesn't it? I mean, like, would you rejoice if you're like, hey, Jesus left me, I'm really happy about that. Or like, hey, I don't have Jesus in my life anymore. Like, let's have a party. That'd be horrible, right? But that's what we're doing. So let's delve deeper into this. Of course, we know that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. 33 years, he preached, he taught, he healed. He worked miracles. At the end of his life, he was betrayed, condemned, crucified, buried in a tomb, which we have meditated upon for 90 days. He laid in the tomb, and three days later, that tomb was found empty, and he came out of the tomb. Now the tomb is gone, because he's now ascending into heaven. So why did he ascend? Why did Jesus leave us? Why, I mean, like, wouldn't it be great? I mean, just imagine for a moment if Jesus in bodily form was still here on earth, Right? If Jesus was still here on earth in bodily form, would you want to go see him? Would you take your child who is sick or your spouse who is sick, would you carry them to Jesus' feet and lay them before him? Would you, I mean, I mean, who knows? I mean, if it's Dan Brown Stadium, the Lucas Oil Stadium, like Jesus would like preach and like we would fill football stadiums, right? But it's actually better they left. Why do we rejoice that he's gone? Because the reality is you don't need to go to Jerusalem. You don't need to go to Bethlehem. You don't need to go to Nazareth. You don't need to go to New York. Thanks be to God. Because Jesus is right here. Because Jesus ascended to his Father's right hand, he sent the Spirit, and it is through the Holy Spirit that the sacraments become effective. And Jesus knew that his church, which started with 12 men, would grow and cover the whole entire world. And he knew that his sacramental presence, his body, his blood, his soul, and his divinity, his absolution and confession, his anointing, he knew that these seven sacraments would be his presence here on earth all over the world, not in one place. And so his bodily ascension allows him to be more present to us now than if he were here in bodily form. And so it's good that he is gone. And it's good that he said the spirit, which we celebrate next week on Pentecost, and it's ascension, it is his ascension that gives us hope. Why does his ascension give us hope? Because he is with us. Because he dwells with us and he dwells in us. Like Jesus right there, he's there. Like, and then not in some sort of like mysterious sense. Like, like, no, like this is Jesus. Like, Body, blood, soul, and living. Jesus' eyes are looking at you. His ears 
are listening to you. His hands want to give to you. He is here. And in just a moment, we will come forward and you will consume Jesus. Once again, not an idea of Jesus. You will take Jesus into your body. His hands, his feet, his heart, his eyes, his ears will come into you because of the ascension. And because of that, we're called to be people of tremendous hope. And that has to be our prayer for Texas. I don't know if any of you have looked at the funeral arrangements of the 19 children who were killed this past week, or the teacher who was killed, whose husband then died of a heart attack. But if you go online and look at their funeral arrangements, you'll find out that every single one of those victims is using the exact same funeral home. And if you look at the obituaries and their funeral arrangements, you'll find this. Vigil and Rosary, Catholic Mass. You see, these are not just our brothers and sisters in humanity. These are our Catholic brothers and sisters. And why is the ascension so important right now? Because what is the hope of every single one of those parents who grieve the loss of their child? What is the belief of every one of those parents who grieve the loss of their child? That their child is in heaven. And what did Jesus say to us? He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. My flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. What do these Catholic parents believe, and what are they placing all of their hope in? In Jesus. And why are masses being said for these tiny little children? Because the holy sacrifice of the Mass is our greatest union with the dead. The holy sacrifice of the Mass is our greatest union with the dead. When the sacrifice of Calvary is represented on the altar, every angel and saint is present because the entire church is present. And we have the honor of participating in the complete manifestation of the church. When I was at my first parish assignment, Our Lady of the Greenwood, there was a beautiful family. They had four children. I would see them around the parish, and in fact, the mother volunteered all the time at the school. But I would notice that she was never at Mass on Sunday. Very rarely did I see her at Mass. I remember asking her one time at the school, I said, can I just ask, like, I see your husband all the time with the boys in church, but I don't see you there. And her eyes began to well up with tears. 
And she said, I lost my daddy about three years ago. And I can feel his presence at mass so profoundly that I emotionally can't handle it because I know he's there. And I looked at her and I said, come to mass. Come and just sit with your daddy because you're right. He's there. What should be all of our hope in the midst of grief? The ascension, which gives us the sacraments, which gives us the presence of Jesus in the most profound and sublime way. Because Jesus' presence makes the church present. And where the church is, the saints are. The ascension also on this Sunday gives us hope Because the death of 19 children points to the fact that our world is very broken. And our world needs healing in ways that we can't even begin to comprehend. And anyone who wants to argue against that I don't understand Yet the sad thing is, is that what our world will talk about as solutions are not solutions. Because the only solution is Christ, is love, is compassion, and is the truth, which is that every human being is made in the image and likeness of God. You see, you can run the data, you can look at the research. I'm just gonna tell you, brothers and sisters, it doesn't take long to figure out that all mass shootings have two common denominators. It is always a boy or a man. And secondly, he doesn't have a father. He's from a broken family. Those are the two. If we want to change our world, what do we need to change? The brokenness of family, the brokenness of marriage, and the lack of fatherhood. But our world can't even say what a man is anymore or what a woman is. We no longer have a definition of marriage that has anything to do with what the Bible says. So what is the only way for us to actually heal the world? It's by those who still believe to make a difference. And who is that? Look around, because it's you. You're the ones who believe in marriage. You're the ones who believe in family. You're the ones in this world who believe that femininity and motherhood and fatherhood make a difference and are needed. There's a powerful woman, her name is St. Teresa of Avila. 
If you ever want to read the writings of a woman who lived her life to the full and her faith to the full, read the writings of St. Teresa of Avila. The church declared her to be a doctor because her mind was so profound. She is a Carmelite religious sister, just like St. Teresa Benedict of the Cross. She wears a, Hamel, uh, a Carmelite habit, just like St. Teresa Benedict of the Cross did. And St. Teresa of Avila has a profound poem that I'd like to read for you very briefly. It's a very, just a very sh- short few verses. And it explains everything that I'm saying right here. And it explains the ascension perfectly because Christ is gone. And he's given us the sacraments. And we are called to receive the sacraments, not just for ourselves. We don't receive the sacraments just for ourselves. I don't receive Jesus' body, blood, soul, and divinity so that I can feel good about myself. I do it to change the world. And what does our world need right now? It needs change. And what is the only change that will actually bring about a difference in our world? For people to understand who Christ is and for people to follow Christ and for people to know Christ and to know the truth that he brings. This is what St. Teresa Avila says. Christ has no body now but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks with compassion on the world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands. Yours are the feet. Yours are the eyes. You are his body. Christ has no body now but yours. On this Sunday, we rejoice in the ascension because Christ ascends to his Father's right hand and gives us the sacraments. He gives us his body and his blood, which we receive, which we adore, which we worship because it is God. But it's also called to transform us so that we become his presence here on earth. What are those grieving parents? What does Texas need right now? It needs brothers and sisters, it needs Catholics, it needs Christians who will look at them in their grief and say, I will be Jesus for you. I will become Jesus' hands and his feet and his heart and his eyes and I will comfort you with compassion. There's a great story from World War II about a small village. It was a Catholic village. There was a church in the town And the villagers erected a huge stone statue of the sacred heart of Jesus in the center of their town. It was a daily reminder that they were called to be like Jesus. This beautiful stone statue had the sacred heart of Jesus on his chest, and Jesus' arms are stretched out like this on blessing over the village. When the Nazis and the communists occupied that village, One day the soldiers broke the arms of the statue off. The arms that had been up for generations blessing this town were knocked off. In the middle of the night, one of the villagers came out of his house and he hung a sign around the neck of that statue. And it read this. You are his hands. 
My brothers and sisters, Christ has no body now but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. You are the feet. You are the hands. You are the eyes. You are his body. That statue of the Sacred Heart of Jesus proclaimed to the people in that village and the sign made by that villager proclaimed that the ascension of Christ calls us to love. The funerals in Texas are stretched all the way out until June 17th. If you read the obituaries, you'll see that all the masks are being said in one church in Texas. And what is the name of that church? The Sacred Heart of Jesus. My brothers and sisters, the Ascension calls us to recognize Jesus' presence no longer here in bodily form, but sacramentally in every tabernacle of the world in every host received, in every monstrance adored, that he is with us. But it calls us profoundly to recognize that we are his hands. We are his heat. We are his eyes. And we are his heart. May we be so for our brothers and sisters in Texas, and may we be so for our neighbors, for our wife, our children, our husband, Amen.